0: Nicole Hutchison and Jess Navarez.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys in the SWBC studio. I'm Nicole Hutchison alongside Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, <laughs> and Christy Scales. Ladies, how are y'all doing today? I went a different way today. That's okay. It's, right.
2: it's okay. It's How'd oh, you're do?
1: good. Oh, good?
3: Yeah, good? it's nice to have a three-day weekend. Yeah, it was I awesome. Know. That
1: was awesome. I yeah. feel good, relaxed. Yeah. Got to see my friends. I think that's good. what it is. Aww. I know. Yeah. I feel
3: refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and imagine the players after three games and twelve days, <laughs> and yeah. afterwards, coaches saying, "Yeah, you could tell that there were heavy legs and tired legs." Yeah, especially the second half of that uh, game yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Thursday uh, against Seattle. So for Seattle as well, but that is a yeah. lot to ask yeah. of NFL players and the Cowboys do it based basically every year but this is almost like a coming off of a mini buy Mm -hmm. also a little more time they're self-scouting every week that uh, Mike McCarthy talked about today in his press conference but being able to uh, look a little harder being able to use it during practices during the week and kind of focus on things during the week that's what's different than when you're in that three game and 12 day stretch or even just the the routine of uh october and november games so i think it uh, serves the cowboys well going into this really tough stretch of december games
1: yeah stefan actually uh talked to me about it in the uh, locker room last week and he said that man i gotta get massages every day i gotta yeah. get in the ice bath every day because he was like i'm not like i used to. i can't move like i used to but you know it, it just takes a toll on the body um playing that many games and it, a short amount of time. But before we break down, you know, last Thursday's win over the Seahawks, we got some news. I don't know if the people hearing, right, listening to us right now, um, got a chance to hear that news. But Shaq Leonard is going to the Eagles. He signed a one year deal. Uh, y'all's thoughts on that? I mean, I know Aisha did not want to see him going to the Eagles when we
0: the report. report. Yeah,
4: I didn't. I didn't want to deal with it, but honestly, <laughs> watching Philly's linebackers get toasted to shreds last night, they they uh they need all the help they can get. So more power to yeah. them.
3: Yeah, they they do. They have an issue with depth <laughs> at, at linebacker. Cunningham's out with a hamstring injury, and then Nickobe Dean was was already out. They he's had Morrow, either. and yeah. so uh, Shaquille Leonard, whether he's able to play this week. Or even the rest of the year, he's coming off some. You know, he has an injury history going mm-hmm. back to last season, and was more limited in his playing time this year. But, but they really do need. Um, Uh, depth at at linebacker so and and it's cheap you know for them basically a one-year deal the 1.08 million dollars if you uh, do that prorate it down for the rest of the season it's basically three hundred thousand dollars so a low risk investment by Howie Roseman and the Eagles and possibly a high reward
2: all right you see this page yeah, i'm
3: confused with what you're doing we're here. going to turn
2: the page because it's done it's over with and there's nothing else to talk about <laughs> you, are, you, are
3: you are you're you're, you're uh, upset with him because he chose <laughs> eagles or just Not. yeah
2: yeah honestly yeah <laughs> oh well of all teams of all weeks yeah a little bit so we're turning of the page. All the weeks. <laughs> I mean, really, it was either week nine or this week. But to be fair, we talked about this. Yeah. He weighed out his options. Good for him for making a decision that he feels best suits him. Wasn't the Cowboys? So we turned the page. Well, and you look at what you have in the room now. You have a Marquise Bell, mm-hmm. which gives you really good hope for a future ahead. You have a Damone Clark, who has taken this really huge step that I don't think people appreciate enough in terms of his diagnosing and his communicating. You have a room already that, yes, it's thin but it has been able to show you time and time again that you can bend, you just don't break. So turn the page, you move forward, and it is what it is, but the draft waiting for that yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) definitely gonna be getting into linebacker film uh pre-draft but also too I wanted to add on it also matters how the Cowboys play defense Mm -hmm. and um every player is gonna bet on themselves like he he definitely feels as though he's still a starter in this league and when you come into this Cowboys defense it's not a guarantee you're gonna Mm -hmm. start it doesn't it's not a guarantee that you're gonna be always on the field because Dan Quinn uses these guys very interchangeably you have and I have talked to some of the linebackers on the team about this is that it is different being in a system where you're a true linebacker and sometimes you are sharing snaps with a safety it's just mm-hmm. the nat- the nature yeah. of this system so it could also been be that he knows when he's over there he may not be coming off the field that much and here He's going to have to take those opportunities when they come. know I, nah, I would argue that would be a better situation for him. But <laughs> do as you will. He's betting on himself to play well, and Philly is going to definitely probably use him um, often, often yep. in yeah. this system. And, and there's familiarity with that Eagle staff and their ties
3: to the Colts and when he was there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he made yeah. the best decision for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's cool. hopefully,
1: you know, the Cowboys can make sure that they remind him of why he should have chosen. The Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. But before we, but before we get to that, <laughs> before we get to that, we still got to talk about the Seahawks win. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys now nine and three in the season. Uh, Another great performance from, of course, this offense, uh, another 40 point game that they put up points on an AT&T stadium to extend that home win streak to 14 wins, y'all. Let's start with this offense. Um, I mean, for me, I'll kind of just start with me. One thing that I kind of noticed that this team does a lot is that they're. Um, starting to disguise what they do offensively, right? Where it's where they're adding a lot more like pre step motion, uh, pre snap movement, but it's gotten better to the point of where it's it's giving um, guys or opponents a much harder time to see what they're trying to finally. do. Like, see, yeah, finally, Fine like, see, <laughs> they're they're paying so much more attention to what CeeDee Lamb's gonna do, um, and, and they're giving up opportunities for like Brandon Cook so there was one play in particular in second drive um, it was a lot CD had showed some movement and Gallup was inside um, and he basically took away the safety that was quandary digs um, and it was basically a beautiful ball by Dak, um and and traffic uh, and just things like that i've noticed um that this team does a lot better of is it. just using that pre-snap pre-snap movement to really kind of cause havoc for that defense and i think that's what's giving this team a lot more success
4: yeah post by man like yeah listen listen good offenses good offensive coordinators <laughs> steal. And that's okay. I mean it, when you look yeah. across the league this Cowboys also did something in the offseason that I think is a little understated. Is how, mm-hmm. how much change they made to their data and analytics team. And the analytics tell you that motion, pre-snap motion, a lot of the offenses that operate at a high level, mm-hmm. they do that at a high clip. And it's really because when you have some of the best defenses you go up against, the Cowboys defense struggles with motion yeah. and stuff like that too. It's all around the league. So for Mike McCarthy to take on you know that post by and see he he and Shotty because Schottenheimer mentioned it um, in one of his pressers for them to take that on and add that to this offense. It takes pressure off of Mm -hmm. your quarterback to do everything. Also too it also makes things easier for your offensive line, your running backs, everyone that's involved. So I believe if I'm not mistaken, I have to find the number, but I believe Mm -hmm. in the Seattle game, they use like 70 percent motion on like 70 percent upwards of 70 percent on each play. And it's just keeping up with the times being um adaptive to what the league asks calls for but it also just puts a lot of stress on the defense and it it helps with spacing which is what the Cowboys struggle with to start the season spacing it was a huge problem where you had receivers in the same spots or in similar in it and that caused some congestion as well so I'm, I'm glad that they decided to do that and it's paid dividends so far with this offense
2: things are just clicking you Mm -hmm. are seeing everybody come into december football form Mm. at the right time and something that brian schottenheimer said today Um, I asked him about the run game specifically because, like we've talked about, Mike McCarthy has divvied up the season into three trimesters. Mm. Uh, The second one has officially come to a close with the Seattle game. You're now officially the third trimester of the season for the Cowboys, how they kind of analyze where they are individually uh, as rooms and and just as a unit as a whole. And what you're seeing now, and and I thought this was fantastic from Shadi, is The offensive line really makes more of an impact than people would like to give it credit for. And specifically, you know, you look back, you take it further back to training camp and this offensive line didn't have a full training camp together that starting unit did not have that time that others did around the league and then what they've only played five games together so far and this is the this is the cohesion you're seeing Mm -hmm. from them and then look what that's done that's opened up the run game since the last time the cowboys have played the eagles they've had at least 100 yards rushing since week nine Mm. again improvement and again the same time that's where the cohesion comes from from that offensive line which in turn opens up less pressure like you said Aisha, for dak prescott to feel like he has to be play hero ball and he has to be the one making these big chunk plays all the time he's doing it because he wants to and he feels comfortable to not because he feels like he has to save the game mm-hmm. so i think a lot of this credit that you're seeing go around yes it goes to dak prescott it goes to the receivers it goes to brian schottenheimer it goes to mike mccarthy's play calling But don't forget the offensive line when you're giving your flowers to what this offense has done over the course of the last few weeks since the bye week.
3: Yeah, and Schottenheimer also in talking about the offensive line in the run game said that the way the NFL is now in terms of what you can and can't do in terms of tackling and hitting and all that in the offseason and in training camp, it just takes longer for the run game to get established Mm -hmm. Uh, because you can't practice the way you used to. And to Jess's point about not having the continuity of the offensive line. But the other thing that he said that kind of made my ears uh, perk up a little (laughs) bit was he was talking about the unselfishness that it takes yeah. to have a good run game mm-hmm. and he specifically mentioned michael gallup like with crackback blocks oh, yeah. right was, you know and it's just yeah yeah so um and it's something that we've talked about gallup i think we talked about him on uh, friday mm-hmm. in fact after the yeah. seattle game uh that you know he's not showing up in the stat sheet in in uh, the passing game, but is still able to contribute like that. And so um, there there are a lot of factors that go uh, into all of it. But you're right, Jess, I think most people are pointing to the continuity of the offensive line, not just in terms of the running game being better, but certainly uh, Dak having as much Mm -hmm. time as he's had to, uh, you know, air out the ball down the field and not just the dink and dunk kind of offense that is often associated with the West Coast.
1: Is there anything that's still lacking from this offensive line? is there anything that you feel like they can still improve on because to me yes but I I don't know I just feel like they're playing their best right now that's just me
4: I think this is their best that they're they're playing this season when I went back and watched this game um the interior of the Seattle defense really gave them some trouble and Mm -hmm. when I think what comes into play is some of the things you two ladies were talking about where it's some sometimes it's the communication sometimes it's a uh, gap exchanges and teams are stunting and stuff like that so the communication to you guys's point the continuity and stuff is important but with this offensive line I, I do believe that they're still figuring or that, that they're starting to figure out what they do well a lot of offensive lines across the league right now to me are not just power 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 like Philly's offensive line, that's almost an anomaly kind of to me in what the league is right now. Even if you look at the draft, a lot of the offensive linemen that came out with our our, our athletic with strength. So it's not this power, power, running down Mm -hmm. your throat football. It's can you get out in space and get to the second level and engage and things like that. And so that's why the blocking from the wide receivers is important. Mm -hmm. But also, we saw it in the second half of this game, is that they made the adjustment because they were running up the middle. And those things did open up a little bit, too, because I think Seattle's worn down. But they attacked the edges. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of the best run games in the game do – is that they get out in space. Seattle do it. Not Seattle. San Fran do it all yesterday. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And so I think also, too, is figuring out... They're figuring out what their identity is as an offensive line. I don't think this is... You do have some guys on there that can go power, but I don't think that's what this offensive line is right now. I think that they are... Get guys in space, allow these guys to kind of show off some of their athleticism, um, pulling and pinning tosses and some of the stuff that they're doing. So I will say... This interior does struggle in spots. Uh, Tyler Biotis, really dope dude, but sometimes he's laid off the snap. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's he's getting beat at, at the point of attack and stuff like that, so it's like, okay, well, how do we counter that? How do we help these guys out? And it's getting them out in space and the misdirection and some of that stuff as well. So there, What the offensive line is to me right now, I think they can improve with the communication, but as far as I think right now, I think I have a big enough sample size to know this is an athletic offensive line. Mm-hmm. Let's lean into to that and when you have to go power, then you can bring a lipkey in as they've been doing. You can bring mm-hmm. some of those extra blockers in and stuff like that. Let's try to get to the second level, attack the edges because a lot of DNs can't, can't get off blocks, mm-hmm. and let's do it there. So, long answer, but I do I, that was something I really saw in this game, and I said, Okay, because we have the sample size as you're talking about, Jess. is like we've been wa- waiting for a while. This is what they are, let's play to their strengths and see what we can do from there. Yeah, I, I'm 100%. I would t- – to uh, consistency in the run game.
3: Mm. Consistency in the run game. <laughs> yeah.
4: She said. Yeah. Period. I'm not going to say all yeah. that. Yeah. Consistency. No, 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 yeah. no, it's, it's exactly
3: what you say. Yes. Yeah. Because the – you know, in the previous years, the identity of this team was the ability to impose the will Impo- in terms of running say the ball. That. Say that. And they're not to that point. Right now, if you say what's the identity of the team, it's Dak to – CD, CD and yeah. then you've got yeah. you know it's it's throwing the ball downfield it's it's the big plays and attack, it's these yeah. yeah and um and that's that's great you know that's the way the league is now and so that's wonderful but there're still going to be times particularly at the end of the season december and playoff football where you have to be able to run it when you got to run it say it yeah
2: You want to talk about a measuring stick game for the run? This is it right here. Mm -hmm. This is the game because if you go back and you watch the Philly game and the San Fran game that we just saw, we all were watching it, the one thing that I saw that was the Achilles heel was how the Eagles cannot defend the run. Mm. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, man, If I'm Tony Pollard, if I'm Rico Daddle, I am licking my chops watching this game right now Mm -hmm. because this is the game to establish that you can also be a run threat in the NFC East at very most, right, because of what this game means. But this is the measuring stick of how strong it is because you were a little worried about the Seahawks game and and, um, specifically how much production. Yeah, 34 attempts, 136 rushing yards in that game. Not only that, Tony Pollard is coming off of three straight weeks of having touchdowns. You'd like to see Rico Dowdle Mm -hmm. a little bit more in the red zone, but you talk about the red zone success that this team has been having, you add that factor, the rush factor into the red zone, you're going to continue Mm -hmm. to be productive, and I think that is one of the main things going into this game, is we always talk about the three and outs, preferably not doing it in the first drive. But if you can continue to win that time of possession in this matchup against the Eagles, you can continue to utilize your run threat in the red zone, you're going to get those necessary points on the board. You're going to get ahead, and look what happens when you get ahead of the Eagles. They could not catch up, and they were literally running trying to run for that lead again um but
1: you said that this is the game to really try to establish the run well they tried to in the first matchup against the eagles but then they went away from that so it, it's more about i guess and i agree with you i'm just saying it's more about yeah. sticking with it rather oh, than um kind of bailing away from it i think that'll kind of be important yeah, as well it goes yeah.
3: to the point of the consistency yeah, yeah. and the and, it, and it's, it's also the situation yeah, within the game yeah. as well you know if you fall behind then you know generally you're yeah. Yeah. going to have to mm-hmm. run more than pass so.
4: so i mean back to what i was saying before in regard to uh, attack the edges mm-hmm. it's it because it, that's it's again too when you go back to the game against philly they do got some some hams in the middle of that defense mm-hmm. with jalen carter <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, jordan davis fletcher yeah. cox filling in like they're they got some guys yeah, that, that can stop strength. the run in the end their strength mm-hmm. so why would you run at it go at those guys <laughs> Re- um is it uh it's reddick and on reddick and, and sweat
3: Josh yeah. yeah,
4: and Josh Sweat, these guys are, I think, I think Reddick can give you some it's something in run defense, but he's a bit undersized. Take advantage mm-hmm. of that. Um, these guys are upfield, get-to-the-quarterback type guys, so yes, you can attack the edges. They're linebackers. We seen it. Yeah. Synced enough of it. They can't, they're not sideline-to-sideline side guys, so when you talk about the run game, then you play the matchup game. Where, mm-hmm. Where's the favorable matchup? Okay, it's on the outside. So to your point, that was a fantastic point. I Also, that is the only thing, too, when you, you asked about the offensive mm-hmm. line, what is, what is something that, you, that I think they can improve? The red zone mm-hmm. run game. Mm-hmm. That, For sure. Because that, right now, teams are daring you to uh, pass the ball like they are because they're dropping in coverage it's already tighter down there um the wide receivers are getting open and figuring some things out but at the same time if they could add consistent run game um, down there when it's where it's effective. It's in a lot of it's execution too. True. It yeah. is. true It's a lot yeah. of its execution. <laughs> when you go back and watch it, it's not necessarily the play calling and everything. It's no, you have to execute this play and this is some of the issues with it. Yeah. And guys holding blocks. I I mean the the I mean Terrence still had the hold um down there in the red zone and that yeah. was a big opportunity in this game for the Cowboys to go score. Dak uh ran in on the touchdown, it was a it was a dope design. Play broke down or whatever, and Terrence has this hold that's unnecessary the penalties down there on yeah. the offensive line mm-hmm. have yeah. been killer but also to there needs to be better execution down there from this offensive line again we talk about the power maybe you're not power okay well then they're doing some screen mm-hmm. there's that's what i think that's why they started doing mm-hmm. some screen passes yes. and yeah. stuff down there yeah. too so but that lack of power right there, <laughs> it feels like it matters. Like, when you're at the two, you're at the three, you should be able to punch that right. thing in. So I do need this offensive line to to pick yeah. it up there and be able to figure out how to punch it in and get into the end zone when they're that close because it, it, it should be that way.
1: Do you bring in some extra protection like a tight end, maybe like a Jake Ferguson? They do. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, more they, often? Well, the, the, that fact, the fact that they're having to do that is not yeah. good. It's not okay, yeah. Yeah.
4: especially with the light boxes that they are seeing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's people are not crowding the line like that on them. They're dropping six people into coverage because it's the red zone and they mm-hmm. know your passing threat is. there. Yep. So make them pay. True. So to your point that might be important this game to make to to make them pay for dropping a million people in coverage showing that putting that on film so mm-hmm. then when you start getting into the playoffs mm-hmm. people are like well maybe we can't just drop six in coverage maybe we need to um, crowd the line a little mm-hmm. bit to, to stress them a little bit so that's probably my only gripe from them is like in between the 20s they're really they're stout <laughs> yeah. but once they get into that red zone you be sitting there like yeah what's good it's
3: Get in there. Like... <laughs> now, I, I love what you said about when you get into the playoffs because McCarthy said something today about this tough schedule coming up in December. He says these are opportunity for – This is an opportunity for playoff-type games without playoff consequences, Mm -hmm. meaning you lose Mm -hmm. and you're done. An opportunity for playoff-type games. And, of course, he's talking to the quality of the competition coming up with Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, uh, and then, uh, of course, Detroit. And then at the end of the year, um, the commanders who are On the outside looking in, but still, if if you have to win a game on the road against a division opponent to get in. Well, and
2: not only that, but let's look in terms a little bit ahead of, okay, so say the Cowboys beat Philadelphia this weekend. You're talking, they take over the NFC East. However, it's really up to the Eagles what happens at this point. Because the Eagles... Should and I hate saying this, they should win out. If the rest Seattle, of if Seattle a, play
4: us like they played they us. They yeah. have an
2: easy. The they have a pretty easy schedule compared to what the Cowboys have. Fair, yes. Yes. absolutely. They should win out. It, it's well, they like, just went through likely. their little difficult part of the schedule. Yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. likely mm-hmm. that they should win out. However, however, say in the multiverse that they don't. This win, obviously, will play dividends. And then you talk about the commanders, which, now they're on the outside looking in. It's still a division game that you right. need to win at that point, depending on what the Eagles do. So, playing every game and winning out for the Cowboys is vital in case the Eagles decide to drop the other shoe at some point and they don't win out the rest of the season because that could mean big things for the Cowboys. But not, um, I'm just saying, looking ahead, yes. they need to win. They yeah. need to win.
4: Nah, y'all, y'all going to laugh at me because I'm telling you, I've seen that we played the Commanders on Thanksgiving, and I've been sitting up here like, when did we play them before? Like, do we play them again? Like, I've been Yeah, yeah. the end of the year, January. It's the last game. January. Because, mm-hmm. baby, up there. let up me there. tell you, I, I, was, I thought the Lions game was it. My brain, y'all. I'm no, sorry. You know, the, last, the, last, the last
3: home game is Detroit, and then uh, yeah. in the first week of uh, January, the final regular season game is up in Washington. I'm telling
4: yeah. y'all, I was like, It's okay. But you know what? Sometimes teams be haters. Sometimes teams, <laughs> no,
2: we've seen yeah, it. They yeah. play spoilers. Yeah, they're the spoilers.
4: They're the spoiler, especially when they know they're not making it into oh, the playoffs. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now.
2: Also, they want good tape. Hello. If yeah.
4: Seattle right. plays Philly how they played the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sit up
1: here and act like, yeah, it's just a shoe. We gave them some confidence. We we gave them the confidence right, that I they know. needed to be, like, to... You know what I'm remember? Yeah. But yeah, we did. We did. We gave them 35 points. The, yeah. I, I Three, think what They took, down, took 35 points. No, yeah, they took they
2: 35 points. It gave points. them hope that they can play good teams and <laughs> have a chance at winning. Mm-hmm. That's, what they're did. a good team. Yeah. They they're are. A team. They're such an underrated yeah. team. They're physical. Oh, my goodness. Extremely. so mm-hmm. physical. I was... I guess I wasn't expecting that level of physicality. I watched some of their games and I was like, "Oh yeah, they're pretty physical." When I think a physical team, I think the 49ers, honestly. But that's from where this, my mind goes. But the, the Seahawks, I was like, "What is going that on?" Tree, that
4: tree, that NFC West, that yeah. tree of teams—they all have like they have similarities in how they run their offenses, but also too their defenses kind of have that similar feel. Mm-hmm. It's it, they definitely all of them definitely got a little bit of each other in each other. Yeah. So
1: yes. Yeah, All right, well, we're going to talk defense right after the Mm -hmm. break. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back.
0: We know that juicy,
2: cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like... Well, like burgers and pepsi this perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce every sesame seed on the bun and every sip of that crisp refreshing ice cold cola a journey to foodopia burgers better with pepsi that's
0: what i like at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger
2: football and dance camps presented by invisalign don't miss your chance to learn from the dallas cowboys cheerleaders and former nfl players at AT at&t stadium on december 22nd and 23rd celebrate the holidays with the cowboys register today at dallas com slash camps sounds fun sounds cool some more
0: camps
3: yeah it's awesome It's a great holiday gift, and especially when you got, oh, what are we going to do with the kids while they're out of school? Or we have family coming into town. What can we do? Or you live close enough that you could do a little road trip to Dallas and it's a, it's awesome so it's Sounds December 22nd and 23rd one day camps and they're a lot of fun so look, look forward to meeting all you guys who come out to the one on December 22nd Ooh,
2: mm-hmm. there you go mm-hmm. you can go tell Christy how much you listen to the podcast there
3: you go I would appreciate that <laughs> it's fun I and I, I do have to say I, it's really fun to be at AT&T Stadium or even on the road trips where we're walking into the hotel and people are like hey girls talk boys talk
1: boys oh, oh that is girls so talk cool. boys talk podcast that.
3: enjoy it so thank you to each of you who
1: take time to come yeah. say hi yeah
2: you want to know what else was fun oh what? here we go oh god <laughs> i see the smirk
1: watching the cowboys defense with three straight fourth down stops oh yeah big. that
2: was really fun you're Let's right go. stepping That's up big. when they needed
1: to stepping up when they needed to this cowboys defense having a long night on uh thursday night but it doesn't matter because they still held it down um I want to start with this defensive line with Jonathan Hankins and Osa and D-Law. I mean, those guys, uh, stopping the run was key and crucial for that win, mm-hmm. um, in that win. Um, how do you feel like our run defense has really, I guess, improved over the last couple of weeks? Just 72 yards rushing they gave up for the Seahawks. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, like, no, yeah, no, like, no, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um.
4: Dang it! I wasn't like, I wasn't ready yet. That's why I was like. Uh, no, you're good.
1: You're good. I you mean, can start. We can we can start somewhere else. No, no, it's totally okay, fine. Oh, it's totally bad. fine. No,
4: no, I I did. Uh, I went back and watched the game again today, and I was just looking at Osa, um, and just how he's improved, and it's little stuff. Like, and that's why they say that DTS are they're kind of like the unsung heroes because you don't see what they're doing. But um, I I, I think Osa had four stops um, last week, and I was just looking at him just hold to hold um double teams and just it's just that little bit of time that allows your linebackers to come up and fill um or for your corners whoever that are coming to to help out on the edges and stuff and so watching him and just looking at his improvement was big jonathan Hakins is just he's, he yeah. makes all the difference with his it's really sometimes it's just his size mm-hmm. sometimes it's just him yeah. like being out there and and um and I was just I, I think that they have improved and I think the timing of it all has gotten better I, I do do think that uh, Demarcus Lawrence is is the difference maker here and just what he is because it's not even too when you go back and watch the film he's he's moving guys around he's telling them to move over he's putting them and sometimes mm-hmm. putting them in the right gaps and, and typically you think of your linebackers being those guys and that happens but he's a guy that can, can do that himself he's so intelligent Dan Quinn talked about how one thing he's shown him this year is his ability to make those plays in these crunch moments and sometimes you know because sometimes some of the things that he's doing it's a it's a risk it's a risk you know jumping gaps and some of the stuff he's doing but he's he trusts his film it lets you know how smart he is and how much he's in his film and that he trusts that he can make the play I mean some of the things he did against the run, which is I mean he took over that That what the the first the second turnover on downs, he took over that whole drive. He did. I mean just Phenomenal play by him. So to that point, yes, I do think the run defense has improved over this year. But a lot that has to do with it is D-law. Osa improving and D-Law being that guy. Because mm-hmm. people don't want to go to him. They don't want to run to his side. They're going to yeah. try to attack the other side. So he makes a difference kind of how Trayvon used to, mm-hmm. where you're like, you don't even want to throw to that side. He takes a part of the field away. Just can't be overstated how well he's Yeah, playing.
3: and his mm-hmm. whole career, and it's always when it's late in the game and you need the stop. <laughs> Yep. it's d law Clash. but i love i love just the fact i think it was your question today of dan yep. quinn talking about, about hankins right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i no, couldn't because it was a lot of praise yeah. for hankins today no
2: i so here's the thing i got to catch up with jonathan hankins today at the hospital visit mm-hmm. so went to a scottish wright children's hospital um for the player visits and it was a fantastic morning um, but he was one of the guys there and it's so funny because like you mentioned Aisha, he's this big guy and he was holding these little babies, taking pictures, he had his sunglasses on. And it, it was one of those things that I just got to thinking. So as soon as I got home, I started kind of re-watching some of the big plays. And then Hank stood out to me. He, he just stood out. So then I did some even more digging, and I realized you've seen Jonathan Hankins have a multi-sack game uh, against the <clears throat> Commanders. He had one against Seattle. Those are the first three sacks he's had. Of his career as a dallas cowboy even since last season so i didn't realize that so my my main thing asking dan quinn uh, about him today was you know what what is the difference maker for him and and dan went on to say that he's had a full off season here Mm. because he came in in the middle of the year last year Mm -hmm. so he had a full off season and so dan also gave him praise for just being that hard worker and that leader in the room and I think again this is something that we've known since last year but to hear the praise dan was giving him was so vital and then i even asked him how do you how do you keep a veteran like that brushed up and then that's when he went into kind of the the trimester explanation that we've talked about uh in terms of how they assess things but no it was uh it, it's fantastic to see a guy like jonathan hankins have a, a, a surge in, in his game lately because it's come in clutch and uh you don't want a big guy like that coming at you if you're an opposing quarterback. <laughs> Not, Not at all. Right now.
4: <laughs> he said that to me um, in the locker room, I don't know, several weeks ago. He was just saying, like, he's just more comfortable. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think that's maybe – I think when you look, think about a veteran and Jonathan Atkins has played a lot of football, you think, okay, he's going to come in. He was kind of – he was plug and play last mm-hmm. year. Okay, he's, he's fine. But – Dan Quinn mentioned today, he was like, you know, I'm I'm figuring out what makes him tick. I'm figuring exactly. out what he yeah. likes to do, what he – and I think we're starting to see some of that come to fruition. Yeah, I think this defensive line, what they allowed was 72 yards, <laughs> 72 uh, yards. on the ground, 3.3 3 yards a carry. Uh, Charbonnet mm-hmm. is not an easy feat. He's not. And so I felt like I, – I, you know, obviously we talk about the running – running quarterbacks and things like that i felt like they they contained pretty well for the most part i know Geno escaped up the middle for the touchdown and it hurt um but for the most part i think that they've done even better at containing mobile quarterbacks and that's been a, one of their achilles heels for a, quite some time now so yeah we'll, we'll, like jess said we're gonna get to we we're gonna find out
3: yeah uh, but the the other thing what you say about mm-hmm. with Dan Quinn it's the coaches learning the players as well, so yes. I'm glad that yes. you both mentioned that, yeah, and something Schottenheimer Schottenheim are talking about Cavante mm-hmm. Turpin right yep. cavante Turpin having a full off season, but you know you you when player personnel consults the coaches about should we acquire this player, whether it's a Shaquille Leonard uh, who becomes available in free agency because he's been released, or are you going to make the trade for Hankins? Well, they can only look at Mm. film of that player in that particular system that the player is in. So Hankins with the Raiders, well, that's different than what quinn tries to do with the cowboys or how he's going to work into the rotation and complement the skills of the other uh defensive linemen uh that he's on the line with as part of that particular rotation so um you know it's it's a two-way street i guess is what we're trying to say not just the the player learning it but the the coach learning the player shout
2: out to dan quinn yeah
1: shout out to all the coordinators and coaches i mean like you said um learning their personnel and what uh, their players do well. Uh, but we got we got to switch to the secondary. Um, Deron Bland, of course, having a rough night, but he, I want to say in the words of me, thugged it out and bounced back. <laughs> uh, bounced back with his eighth interception of the season. Um, Stephon Gilmore having a pretty solid day. What, what, how would you all assess the secondary um, Thursday night against... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I
3: think Gilmore was an <laughs> unsung hero on yeah. Thursday yeah. night, being able to, to switch and uh, take mm-hmm. take uh, Metcalf, who yeah. had such a great game and uh, got the best of Duran, uh, particularly in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, tough night for Duran. But I think that uh, what we know of the young man and his hard work, his humility, um his dedication i i think that he's you don't have to worry about him not being able to bounce back yeah
2: anything but bland still period and i say that because dan quinn went so the way dan quinn does his press conferences is he goes in there and he gives a little speech before he opens up for questions Mm -hmm. and uh the biggest part of his speech and the biggest message today was about resilience and the resilience that um the defense showed and and uh saying that he Obviously, there was a lot of things he was not happy with in this game, but that the unit was resilient. He was answering multiple questions about Duran Bland today, but at one point he answered a question again about Duran, and he said, everything I said about resilience at the beginning of this press conference, you could say about yeah. Duran Bland altogether. And uh, similarly to what was said last week about this is, you know, it, it's the it's how he bounces back that defines him as a player. It's not necessarily he had a bad game because you're going to. At, at the mm-hmm. cornerback position, you're going to have those tough matchups. And DK Metcalf is a tough matchup for even the most veteran of players. Daron Bland's still young, second year player. It's expected that there's going to be those matchups. He can be as great as he can be, there's going to be those matchups sometimes. And that's just the nature of the cornerback position. And, you know, Dan even talked about that, saying that that's essentially the most looked at position on the defensive side Mm -hmm. of the ball and so yeah he's gonna get scrutinized a little bit more uh because he didn't have a great game and you know you go from breaking nfl history to a not so good game but what i liked about dan quinn today is um i I mean i like dan quinn every day but what i liked (laughs) about his response um is that he was asked you know did you have that conversation with Duran about maybe not having a good day after he's had this run and he said not necessarily that conversation but it was brought up to Mm -hmm. say hey not every day is going to be your day, and it's how you bounce back. And so to see that Duran even took that at his lowest moment, which you could call his lowest moment, wasn't it? It was probably yeah. his, his worst game in mm-hmm. the first half there. And to bounce back and still get the only interception in that game tells you everything you need to know about Duran Bland being anything but land. We'll die on that hill. (laughs) Now, Wendy, do y'all have any concern at
1: all, and you can say no, yes, uh, on if he is lined up with a faster, stronger, bigger receiver, do you feel like he has kind of taken that game, the Seahawks game, uh, matched up against DK Metcalf as like a lesson? Or I mean, what's kind of your thoughts? AJ Brown is a lot, physically a lot like DK.
4: Yeah, but there's not that many people in this. I mean, there's not that many people who exist like a DK yeah. Metcalf mm-hmm. and are like. Because I don't think AJ Brown even has that that nastiness mm. to him as a DK Metcalf. He's just built a little different, and yeah. so um, I mean, when you look at De'Ron Bland, he had he's given up four touchdowns this year, two in that game. Mm. Um, And uh, to your point, Christy, yeah, I think Stephon Gilmore was kind of a savior because after the half, uh, DK Metcalf had two receptions for 16 yards. Yeah. Um, I believe he still had the TD, but that was some miscommunication from Mm -hmm. the safeties, so that's where I wanted to go. Listen, I'm going to keep it real buck with you. Um, This safety room has not performed up to expectations. Mm. And... I'm, I'm disappointed because I clearly I felt like they were they were going to come out and, and be fiery how they have. But you're lacking the, the energy and the, the run support. I mean, the, I remember, I mean, even last year, you see, and I understand Donovan's dealing with the He had the calf, and he's coming back from that. But that explosiveness and him and how much he knifed through in the run game and the plays um, in the backfield and the blitzing and stuff, you missed that. You miss that right now. You miss J Ron Curse coverage. He's getting beat a lot. Yeah. He is. It's disappointing. Like and again, he's not giving up touchdowns like that, but the yardage in between that, it matters mm-hmm. right now. Um, Malik Cooker, he's quiet. I talked about him a few weeks ago. Like, he's not someone that you're just like, Oh my god, but when they take him out of that single high safety and they put somebody else back there, you're not getting the coverage that you need. And so Again, we talked about the coaches learning their players, seeing where their players are self scouting that needs maybe that needs to be done right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can see a little bit more Wanye and stuff situationally. maybe like in this again, this is just no knock to these gentlemen, but I can't ignore what I see on film, and I'm not gonna ignore what I see on film consistently and so there are some coverage things with this secondary, particularly the safety position. The safety position is supposed to give the corner security mm-hmm. and since some of these plays, you can tell. That the corner is looking for that safety to be in position, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And these big explosive plays that are happening are the are the detriment of this defense right now. And also, too, the, the obviously the penalties are huge too. They were untimely, the pass interference, the jumping off sides, and stuff like that. If you knocked all that out, this defense has a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we know that the officiating crew was like I said, they my mom on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but these safeties have to be better. Yeah. And they they have to contribute more. And again, if if they can't, because you're going to go up against secondary. This might be this might have been your the best receiving core. I think you're going to see maybe for a minute. Uh, Philly got a got a gauntlet coming oh, yeah. this way. But the way it was a lot of the play design and stuff too that I'm talking about as mm-hmm. far as their offense, Seattle and how they do things, might be one of the toughest uh, toughest tests you've had. Uh, quick weeks, all that stuff. I get guys' legs are heavy, but I'm talking about assignments Mm. and playing them well. So this safety room, to me in the secondary, they're going to have to play better um, moving forward and, and, and do what they need to do because they've been better than this. I believe they're better than this. And you're gonna need them down the stretch. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm off my box. No, oh, no. Don-
3: Donovan Wilson's entire career, when there was a takeaway, usually he was in the middle of it. He had, And, it, and he that, had hasn't the year. Year. that hasn't been the case this year. That hasn't been the case this year. I also he, think that- he makes a lot of. He had had made a lot of catalytic plays coming into this season.
2: I'm not trying to make excuses, but yeah, but. Um, we talked about the offensive line having to play catch up essentially mm-hmm. because of the lack of training camp. Donovan didn't have any training camp. Absolutely fair. Right. He's dealing with a calf right. issue. There mm-hmm. was no training camp, so he's on a different progression than the rest of the safety room. I can't tell you what the what the deal is with Jaron. I can't tell you about Malik, but I can say in terms of Donovan Wilson, he's on a different progression, and so uh, I, I think matter. I think that yeah. makes For the sure. difference in what you're seeing from this year to last year. Well, I that's I don't, well yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but, but but it's week 13. There you go. Yeah. yeah so.
2: we
3: don't, and and, and J Ron has missed time with a back and a toe. So, But everybody's dealing with the same stuff at this point in the there season. There
1: you go. All right, we're going to take our second <laughs> break. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys uh, Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the <laughs> preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. <laughs> I didn't
0: even know- at Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger.
2: most electrifying event of the holiday season, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night through December 16th, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearances from your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes. Visit the thestardistrict.com for more information. All right,
1: ladies, we went a little over in that second vlog, but just real quick, if you want to see more improvement from one group um on this team who is it well i'm gonna guess you're a secondary <laughs>
2: safety. safety
4: that's my yeah, that's my safety room absolutely all right for me
2: mm. i'm gonna say oh, christy go first yeah safety mm. oh man i was yeah, to sorry go. sorry, I was sorry to that was so quick no, sorry was that go was go so,
1: go so go quick. quick i'm saying tight ends uh it, because you're seeing yeah. enough from jake ferguson but i want to see a little bit more from luke
2: I and and, and we'll and we'll pay and we'll Hendershot pay, yeah. be
3: back on the fifty-three man this week. Hello, I'm going to say
2: I'm going to say running backs and not necessarily them, but the play calling to include them a little bit more. There you go. All right.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. boom,
2: boom, boom. And paw. we got a special guest coming on the show tomorrow, guys. <laughs> yay! Who wants to go ahead and, and, and spoil it? One, yay, yeah. Thomas. <laughs> He's decided to join the craziness yes. for tomorrow's episode. Yeah,
1: no, we can't wait to have him. Yes, so it's going to be a good time. Tune yep. in tomorrow, four p.m. Girls talk, boys talk. Presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see y'all tomorrow.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!